Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fan Whip. It is November 18th, 2019. I am Stephen Strum, managing editor of Fanbyte.com. I am once again joined by Danielle Riendo, senior editor of Fanbyte.com. Hi, I'm on the West Coast right now. Yay. I'm in the right. same room as Nikki. Yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot your name has now been changed, or your title has been changed to West Coast Editor now for <laughs> a West permanent. Good, good, good. Uh, since you already mentioned him, we've also got social editor Nikki Grayson. Hello. Hi. You guys are recording on an iPhone, right? Yep. Yep. So just, just warning. <laughs> just warning people ahead of time if there are any uh, interruptions in the in today's regularly it's scheduled Apple's podcast. It's Apple's fault. <laughs> it's Apple's fault. It's Tim Apple's fault. And Merritt, uh, how are you recording today? Sorry, um, senior. Um, God damn it. Features and trending mm, editor no, Merritt. Okay. East Coast <laughs> editor Merritt K. We've split yeah. the two. Oh of my you, God! Like wait, and Yang. I totally missed. For Halloween, I could have been Creatures and Rending Editor. Oh, oh that would have been good. God, Keep that in your so back good, pocket right? for next year. I'm going to, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of sick, but good otherwise. Yeah, cool. like I said, you sound good. Everybody sounds good. Surprisingly good, considering we are literally recording some half of this off of a telephone in an office uh, somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. in a foreign city. Uh, <laughs> it feels <laughs> like a foreign city. It feels like going from Brooklyn to L.A. is the most, like, I truly feel as if I'm on another planet. I do not feel like I'm in the same country. Yeah, it's it's weird. The worst part about where the office is, well, there are many terrible things about where the office is. (laughs) Um, But it is that it lacks character. And it doesn't even lack character in a way that is, like, kitschy. Like, there's, there's something to, like, I don't know. Like, anywhere in Orange County or, like, anywhere on Long Island where you're like, oh, I see. The character of this, of, like, Merrick Long Island uh, is that uh, there is no character. Mm. Um, right. This part of Los Angeles is just nothing. You could a lot raise of strip this, malls. Yeah, you I gotta can, say, a lot mm-hmm. of strip malls. You could raise this entire neighborhood and no one would know. Even the people <laughs> who lived here wouldn't know. Huh. I was going to say, because I've never been, I've been in L.A. many times. Obviously, L.A. is a big city and is basically just like 18 cities all stitched together. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. basically every neighborhood is like going to a different place. I've never been to New York, though. So I was actually kind of curious how different the two are. What What is Brooklyn Radically. like? What's New, New York like? In Brooklyn, it feels like every neighbor, every neighborhood has its own character very much uh, so in New York. But also there is a sense of New Yorkness to all of it. I know that sounds weird uh, and slightly reductive, but... In L.A., every neighborhood I've been to feels like just another world Mm. and not very connected to the rest of it. Maybe that has to do with the fact that everybody drives here. Maybe it has to do with the fact that everything is so spread out. Like, that's why I feel like I'm on another planet. Like, I was one of, like, eight people walking down the street last night at, like, 5 p.m. And then, but there's, like, you know, seven lanes of traffic Mm -hmm. across the street. But it's, like, I feel like I'm alone in the world, but also there's a lot going on. It's yeah. so weird. So weird. Brooklyn, you know, it just feels like, oh, okay, there's different neighborhoods, there's different character to it, but everywhere there are a million people on the street doing everything, dressed in every kind of way. Just always, there's always, always, always people out on the street, even at like, you know, two or three in the morning. There's always people. So that sounds nice. Bizarre. But then there's also it's sunshine cool, and yeah. palm trees here. Yeah. So that's pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. That's yeah. nice. There are neighborhoods you know that. That squish those Brooklyn feelings together okay. better than over here. Gotcha, 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 for sure. For sure. What were you going to say, Merritt? 
Oh, do you know that Brooklyn wasn't a part of New York City until 1898? Yeah. Oh. It's really, yeah. it was its own place. Did they just, the like, find the land? The great mistake of 1898. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is, what is, Queens was very rural. That's the other thing. Mm. Queens is bizarre because Queens is a little bit more spread out, and it does have a very, very, very different character. Yeah. Uh, and also the addresses are super weird. Yeah, I was going to say, is that super why all the streets weird. are bad? Yes. You can live at the corner of 38th and 38th somehow? Yep, completely. Uh, it's very huh. bizarre. <laughs> But yeah, cool facts. <laughs> I you should go there someday. I should go to New York. I'm sure the, the opportunity should. will present itself at some point. But, uh, <laughs> They've got Super large Mario. apples there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. How have you guys been, other than, you know, obviously travel and stuff like that being, like, a concern, I'm sure. It, sounded, it didn't seem like you had any huge problems getting to L.A. at the very least. No, it was fine. Like, um, my plane had so many bros. It was like a bro flight. Like, it was just the most, like, bro Like, you know, like, dudes, like, white dudes with longish hair uh, that were blonde. But they they seemed nice enough. Like, it was, like, fairly nice bros. And I also had a middle seat in between myself and my bro. Like, my I, bro I partner see. in my aisle. So it was actually kind of great. I listened to a lot of um, the Shift F1 podcast. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is what Zach I do Ian. on planes now. <laughs> Wait, they're what? Uh, I'm sorry? I it's kind of what I do while. on planes. Like, it's an oh, F1 podcast. Uh, I, I yeah. thought for a second that you said that they have started talking about planes on Shift F1. <laughs> <laughs> Fun pivot to aviation. <laughs> yeah, you know, they've got to corner the market. Um. They've got Drew Scanlon on there, right, still? So, like, uh-huh. you know, yeah, he's, Drew he's a big Scanlon, Dan O'Dwyer, and, and Rob Zachney, my, my good friend and, and very recent colleague. So, it's very, it's just a really good podcast yeah. about F1 if you have any I, interest. I don't even watch F1, but I, yep. I listen to this podcast. And the, I, um, the documentary that came out that I think uh, turned a lot of people onto F1. Yeah. Drive to Survive. It was a mm. Netflix documentary that was just really good, like a really good piece of filmmaking. So yeah, um, I, that's uh, what I did, and I I'm wrote a bunch same. of shit. So there you go. You wrote what? Sorry. Oh, I just wrote a bunch. Like I wrote a bunch of pieces because I was bored and wrote a bunch of pieces. <laughs> oh right, sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, fill you got to fill the time on airplanes somehow. That's you for know? me. That is the number one thing about airplanes is that just well, other than the fact that I am six foot three inches tall, and oh, sure. airplanes were not designed for my body in the slightest. Um, the worst thing about it for me is just like filling all that time, and it's just like, yeah, sometimes you just gotta sit there and work, you know. You just gotta do. Do you, uh, do you guys take anything when you fly? CBD. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, I used to do melatonin, uh-huh. and then one time I forgot where I was, uh-huh. so like I yeah. clearly did too much, um, and I felt really gross. And now I just I just stick it out just with nothing i've yeah i've never taken really anything but not on planes but also just like kind of just not in general i just don't like that's i don't good. know if that's that's if i don't know if that's like a result of my upbringing or whatever all you big city folks uh <laughs> <laughs> with our parties and our drugs yeah you go to your big drug sex parties and um, our super yeah. mario <laughs> and your super mario your your pipe portals to the mushroom kingdom yep pipe yep portals Oh, Why shouldn't you enjoy the same luxuries? As that episode. So Mary just linked some screen caps from the best episode ever made of Thirty Rock, which is where Liz Lemon gets obscenely high and thinks mm-hmm. that Oprah is sitting next to mm-hmm. her on a plane, but it's really like a fourteen-year-old girl or something. <laughs> yeah, incredible. 
Uh, but she does solve uh, solve all of her problems, though. It's like true. nonetheless, she does come back to Thirty Rock and solve uh, her Tracy and Jenna problems. It's really good. Um, d- speaking of uh, things that we've watched, did you guys see that like uh, deleted scene from Super Mario Brothers the movie that like just r- bring it back to that no. for a second? No. That new one. Excuse so like. Me? Oh, that, should we watch a thing? Oh my god, do we need to... Is this every podcast now? Do we yeah. open every podcast? I don't podcast mind with, it. I think it's fun. <laughs> uh, only, I gotta find it is the only thing. It's a Super Mario Brothers movie deleted scene. Um, god, de-evolution, I guess. What, uh, e- what, what? did I call it in that movie? <laughs> oh yeah, because Bowser invents like a gun that turns people into lizards or something. Oh, I well, remember that. In the yeah. movie, if you recall, um, they delete... I don't uh, Oh, <laughs> I, I've never seen it. That's my dark secret. I'm not a real. Oh, gamer. really? Yeah, oh. I know. That feels like just exactly the kind of fucking I know, like drag of know. Uh, drags of society that you would be way into. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> was that a drag? No, no, no. no like no, we drags. just talk about like drags. horrible drags. '90s pop culture on the show. Not a drag. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait. I think I found it. I think. Uh, yeah, here we go. So no, they, in that movie, that the way they make Koopas. Um, is uh, and or sorry, Goombas is they they devolve people's heads, they like normal <laughs> human people, but they devolve them back into like an uh-huh. earlier state, and that's what they make. That's why they have shrunken heads, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to. So this video is eight minutes long. We do not need to watch oh this entire god. thing. There's no way. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, but like the first minute, does yeah. does something weird happen in the first minute? And I'm trying to figure it out now. I'm trying to figure. I'm I'm like scrubbing through it, trying to remember because this whole video is actually just that. Here, let me let me link it first. Um, this because this whole video is that like a breakdown of like what's going on with the scene. Because in that movie, at the they beat Koopa, he slips on like a green pile of slime on the ground. <laughs> But, like, that pile of slime is never explained in the movie. It's just there suddenly. Like, and and for 25, 30 years, nobody knew why that was the case. Uh, and now this rough cut finally explains it. So if you skip ahead about 3 minutes, 30 seconds uh, okay. in this video okay. uh, is kind of what you want. This is So they have just... Toad has just been turned into a Goomba. That's a scene should that does happen in the movie. A, should we sink a watch? Or? Yeah. What if we sink a watch, yeah. I'll uh, we do 3.30. 3... 30. Yeah, three thirty, and then everybody ready. Yeah. All right. Three. I'm gonna go three, two, one, go. Okay. Three, okay. Three, two, one, go. Oh, I hate that? this. Oh wow. Yeah, I, so that's I totally. really hate how they look. Yeah, it's it's horrible. So. Oh, his imp- his hair. Important context for this movie: Dennis Hopper's uh, Bowser is germaphobic, so this guy sneezing very much angered him. John's here. John just showed up. John, we're watching oh, hi. you officially. Hi, do you do hugs? Yeah. No, this Yay. is this is great. Nice no, this is you. good. Of course. I just met John in real life while we watching. While we're watching this Mario thing in real time. Special oh, guest is John it the Warren. Deleted scene from Mario yeah. Brothers. Oh, that laser sound. The origin of Toad. It's fantastic. God, poor Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. <laughs> I mean, he deserved better. He really was. Trooper. <laughs> Why? So, this man does come out of the chamber like nothing happened, but... Wait. Wait okay. What's wrong? Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh. How's that sound that for sound? you? That sound is really good. Uh. I do love that King Koopa's whole thing is like, well, we can't have this guy sneezing because that's disgusting, but getting like his like slimy no. corpse all over my body is fine. So, are they going to do a whole ass murder? 
So okay. Oh, this looks like a murder. So this is this now we've we've entered like we've exited like deleted scene footage. Now now we're in the actual part of the movie. I see. Uh, oh, so we wow. don't need to keep watching. But now we know where the goop came from. Yes, yeah. yeah, so now we know where the goop came up from. The continuity error to end all continuity errors, the, right. the great mystery of our time has been solved. Did they now, call this the secret of the ooze? Like, is that what this clip is called? Because it should be. No. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. This rough cut video on YouTube does say extended rough cut part two. It's more than just death. Because <laughs> if you if you I don't know if you have the uh, audio on, but in this thing he does say like it's more than just death. It's being unmade or something Ugh. like that. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, because because he Who is turned... this cop? Oh, there's a cop. I missed a yeah. cop. I've, I've stopped the this video is... on my end. Oh my oh, god, that was okay. a weird cut with the yeah, eyeball. Yeah, there was a really weird Wait, eyeball Wait, is he gonna cut. turn into Bowser now? Yeah, he turns into a, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex in that movie. Oh, yeah. Just like Bowser. That's how they defeat him. Right. Is they do so make him incredibly powerful. I love that the Sonic... Since. I, I was gonna say, I love that the Sonic movie is like seems to be kind of following in oh, this movie's wow. footsteps of like, well, we can't just have the villain look like that. That would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they can't just look like that. I mean, we have the hero look like that, but we can't just have the villain look like that. So something has to happen to them to make them look like that. So I guess he blows up and it blows all his hair off. I guess. Uh, it makes his mustache looks, real big. Yeah, that's what happens. Oh, that's so wild. That movie, I haven't seen that movie since I was like, I don't know, 18 or something, maybe. Oh. Uh, before I knew more about making movies, and now that I'm like looking at it in the weird editing, it's like, oh my god! Also, the production design in that movie is actually incredible. Yeah, actually, <laughs> like, that movie not, looks really, really cool. Like, yeah. actually, oh, yes, Bowser. that's King. That's King Koopa in that movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, please, this movie is Princess Toadstool and King Koopa. They sorry, subscribe to the old. Movie. I don't like that. Looks like a fucking Mortal Kombat. Character. Yeah, that it, is. Does, it does look like reptile fused with Mylena. <laughs> actually yeah no it looks like one of those like makeup illusions where someone draws like two sets of eyes on or something (laughs) yeah it's like like someone drew this huge mouth like all over his face and his true mouth is just like in the middle of it yeah like the teeth like the bottom teeth yeah (laughs) hold on let me let me show you all uh i know you guys aren't super into makeup but or not makeup sorry uh no it's not uh here is um Finn Balor. I'm trying to find a good Finn Balor. If John is still in the room, he might. Uh, he just. Gone. Yeah, he just left. Okay, so here's here's professional wrestler Finn Balor. One of his gimmicks that he did for a long time. Kind of, kind of like a oh, venom. Like, yeah, like yeah. a venom. Oh, de- definitely. He did lots of venom. Lots of. I courage. mean, it, it is just venom. It is just straight up. Like, bad. let's be clear. <laughs> My favorite no, no, no. part <laughs> about <laughs> venom is how venom's eyes are where the ears are. Yes, that is. Yes, true. it's very good. No, yeah, the thing about a lot of wrestlers is they're just huge nerds for various different things. Yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes <laughs> used to... Sense. Like, <laughs> right, like, Cody Rhodes used to go into the ring with uh, with uh, the Triforce on his boots all the time. They have to do it in, like, somewhat subtle ways that won't get them sued <laughs> most of the oh, time. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, boy, there's some bad... If you look up... If you just Google... Don't Google, Google Finn Balor makeup because you get a lot of other people trying to emulate it in various oh. ways. Oh, boy. No, no I don't I like to it. Google it. Yeah, we might need to see some of these. I actually. don't like it. He does like a. There's like a Punisher one. There's like oh. A, hmm. There's like a anti venom. Anti venom is like a good guy venom that's like white and bl- with a black spider on him. Okay. Uh, who I think I was Flash Thompson in the comics for a while. Yeah, that's that's a good name. 
I gotta Flash, say. Flash Thompson, yeah. Yeah. Flash Thompson is the bully of Spider-Man who becomes a, yeah. a superhero in his own right later on. He goes to, see, he goes to uh, fight the war in uh, the Middle East, gets his legs blown off, and becomes a good guy. You know, famous oh, wow. high school bully of Spider-Man gets his legs blown yeah. off by an that IED. That seems problematic. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my God. There's, a, there's an image that I'm looking at of Macaulay Culkin. Oh, um, good. Right next <laughs> to do. Finn Balor. <gasps> for some reason. Maybe he They're was not in, in the same image, but... Somebody saw the same energy in the two, I think? Yeah. Sorry. They're making the same face a little bit. So, the original anti-venom in Marvel Comics was Eddie Brock, featured in New Ways to Die. Okay. He gets a job at a soup kitchen under Martin Lee, who is Mr. Negative. Brock is unknowingly wow, cured of his Mr. Cancer. Negative right now. Oh, my God. Oh, if you played that game, you would know who I mean. Yeah. He's fine. He's... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Brock is unknowingly cured of his cancer by Lee, who possesses the Light Force abilities. Oh, and Brock... Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's this. a Star War. Okay. He's a Star War. Yeah. You know, it's actually called um, something else in Japan. Midi-chlorian is what they're called. <laughs> Isn't Mr. Negative like a real creep or something, though? Salamander. Uh, Mr. Negative is bad. Uh, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Because he looks... His whole thing is he just looks like you pressed invert on Photoshop. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's oh, a no. negative. He's a photo negative. Um, but he's like he's a good guy when he's not in that form, and then becomes a bad guy when he is. He's I like basically he's Spider Man Two Face is what he is. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. But he can, but he can shoot like energy blasts and and turn other people into Two Face. Basically, uh-huh. that's kind okay, of his whole thing. Okay. He can kind of mind control people. This is great all, audio. All I know. Okay, so like all I know about I I haven't read a comic in like probably fifteen years. Uh-huh. Um, the the last like big two comic I read was uh, uh, not Planet Hulk, World War Hulk. Ooh, um, okay. Planet Hulk is good. I never. Read and then World maybe Hulk. I think the beginning of uh, not Suicide Squad or was it Suicide? It was like the comic Suicide Squad that was just made up of like all the terrible Flash villains. Uh, like the Rogues Gallery, the Rogue, like, yeah, literally the Rogues, yeah, yeah. But they had their own thing, I think. Um. But the, so, like, all, huh? There was like the Secret Six, which was kind of a that thing might like be that. it. But they were, I think, it was like a Suicide Squad kind of thing where they were like, the government was like, okay, you have to go do this thing now, um, or we'll like blow your heads up. <laughs> yeah, that's but, Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so all I know about comics is just from like occasionally I'll like fall into Wikipedia holes and be like, I wonder what my old friend uh, Spider Man's been up to. Oh, he died. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, his whole past was erased because oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, that whole of thing. a bad idea that they had. Oh, yeah. uh, he was killed by a man who beat him over the head with his own tombstone or something. Yeah, that also <laughs> oh, happened. Okay. Yeah. Oops. yeah, wow. There's a lot of bad comics out there. Is the thing like there are some really good comics, but like like most media. Yeah, there are a lot bad. of bad. That's the thing. Like, if you walk into a Barnes and Noble right now, ninety-nine percent of the books in there are probably bad. The problem oh, with sure, com- yeah, right, yeah, yeah. The, the problem with comics is that, like, of the ones that people know, it's like, what if you concentrated that, like, that ratio of good to bad, but all on one character and in their entire lifetime? <laughs> like, yeah. what if their entire life was ninety-nine percent bad Barnes and Noble sci-fi books with names like Captain Riggers, like. Slam Squad or something like that, and then like one percent. That's the title of this episode: <laughs> Captain Rigger's Slam Squad. Yeah, you know, like, we got like it sci-fi. So quickly. <laughs> like I'm so are. glad we did it. We did it. 
<laughs> oh my god, Captain Rigger's Slam Squad. God. Um, that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's also a lot of really good comics, but I was, but also, I will also say, like, in the recent months and years, I have definitely um, moved away from Western American comics and have gotten way into manga more recently. Damn, what yeah, a Yeah, because you can actually read them because they're like, <laughs> they come out in collections and, like, they run for, like, a set amount of time usually, unless they're, like, a shonen that has never ended. Right, like One um, Piece or something. Yeah. But even then, they're like... What a misnomer. Yeah, right? It's like a lot of pieces. Sorry. Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of them, actually. There's like nine... They, uh, they did announce the ending of One Piece recently. Finally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, Finally, uh, Luffy will be freed from his stretchy prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rubber prison, where they keep rubber men. I will, Does, I bring is he up- going to eat the opposite of a mug mug fruit? And then he's and then he's just a regular boy again. <laughs> Absolutely not. I so the reason I keep coming back to One Piece specifically as my example here is because I have read 120 issues of One Piece in the last week and a half. That's many of them. I, That's yeah. quite a few. I have the Shonen Jump app, and I'm also uh, fighting a cat right now. By the way, there's a cat. Is who there? Is does really, the manga? Does the manga have um, the theme song from the Four Kids adaptation <sighs> when you like open the app? Yeah, Absolutely it's an not. audio. Like an audio <laughs> card, like one of those birthday cards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so you have to get the physical version for that because that's the only way they can put the chip in them. But with me, yeah. I, I, I have reading. It's like a birthday so. card, right? Uh huh. <laughs> it's like a birthday every time I read an issue of One Piece. It's it's like my birthday. Dreaming, uh, but it's like a really really low low five version. Give me one second. I'm gonna kick this cat out of my room real quick. Okay. Goodbye, oh cat. But no. which one is it? You know. We'll find out soon. We'll find out after. I can't wait Pop. to find out. Are y'all aller- You're not allergic to cats. I have two. I'm yeah, very allergic to cats. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. I'm I have a dog, too. That's what I tell people. Also allergic. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, my partner's dog is hypoallergenic. Oh, that's good. Uh, not she's allergic, then. Oh. Yeah, she's really sweet. Oh. Yeah. I need what makes a dog hypoallergenic? Um, hair, not fur. It's like a dander situation. Yeah. Oh. Because usually people aren't allergic to the animal itself. It's the, it's the collection like of dust and the, and, and the, the yeah. dust and yeah. the fur. Yeah, fur. Yeah, I didn't know that. Because uh, I thought like hypoallergenic basically just meant like hairless. Like you get like a hairless cat. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I always thought that was the case. No, it's hey, the type of fur. Speaking yeah. of weird animals. Um, uh huh. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I thought I'd whip out one of my own segues. Yes, I've been learning. I've been learning from Stephen. So, can we it's talk only about been twenty-two minutes without us mentioning a video game merit? Like, can it's, we talk you know... about Pokemon? Because I am yeah. fighting Hop again right now. Oh and first yeah, of Fuck all, that guy. This kid, he he's like he seems the brother very... of the champion, and uh, so I have a um, uh, Malamar, which canonically caused World War One. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's very good. It's a very good little thing that they want you to not yeah, think yeah. about. And uh, so my Malamar has an ability called Contrary, which means that all stat effects are reversed. So um, if I use a move that like does a lot of damage but lowers my stats, it actually increases them. Yeah. And yeah. if they use a move that lowers my stats, it actually increases them. He sent out Inteleon, which first of all, Inteleon. can we talk about Inteleon? Inteleon is a problem. Truly it's a terrible. crime. It's just like Leon from Star Fox, but yeah. like I will more say sensual. The only good thing about Inteleon is that when you use the Pokemon signature move, which is called Snipe Shot or whatever, 
Um, he, <laughs> the Inteleon, uh, does just close both of its eyes, point its finger yeah. out like it's using a gun, <laughs> yeah. and then it pulls the trigger, which is yeah. just the thumb, and shoots the Pokemon no, with water out of its very, fingers. No, that's very, very good. It's so um, good. Inteleon has so, a stand, is what I'm hearing. Inteleon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've named he, mine Dave. That's very good. He used a move that lowered my attack, or it would have if I weren't using... Uh, <laughs> this Pokemon, and it so it just increased my attack even more, and uh, I just I'm just crushing him yeah. with <laughs> with this Malamar named Cruelty. That's very uh, good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wait, okay, I, Merritt, can you walk me through your entire squad? Yeah, my names? squad right now. So yeah. I've switched out a lot of stuff because I keep catching new things, and like I I'm at that point in these games where I can't make a decision. Like I'm like, oh, all my Pokemon look the same, or they're all the same color. Or I have no special attackers, so mm-hmm. like I have to keep switching. I actually dropped my starter because um, I, I picked Gricky, and I don't know. I I think it's so weird that all the starters are like bipedal this time. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're all just guys. Uh, yeah, they're all they're just guys. Men. I don't care for it. <laughs> like that's why I also dropped Incineroar last time too, and Sun because I was like, ah, I don't know. And Incineroar um, at the very least is leaning into the fact that he's an adult man yeah, in a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure, for sure. These are just some fucking Digimon ass like yeah. adult oh, dudes. Yeah. So here's my squad right now. Um, I have a Malamar named Cruelty. Um, <laughs> I have a Chinchino named Rara. And, uh, I don't know what a Chinchino is. Uh, Chinchino is like, just look it up. It's very cute. Is it, is it related uh, to the Chimchar? No, it's uh, based on a Chinchilla. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but I have a Choice Scarf on it, and uh, it is very good. Um, I have a... See, I forget the names of like the actual Pokemon sometimes. No, I didn't mean to switch out. Oh my god! No. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. UI UI issues. I have a, I have a toxic croak named Greasy Todd. That's very good. Oh wow! <laughs> it's tremendous. Uh, <laughs> Merritt, you're very good at this. And then uh, what else? Let me see. Sorry, I had, I did just switch it by accident. This um, is toxic croak. Oh my god! I That's have... a Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Galvantula named Liza. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a Renaragus named Teresa. Okay, yeah. Renaragus <laughs> is like fucking weird as hell, and evolving it, I never would have figured out if I didn't look it up. But it's like a living, like rune carving. It's very mm-hmm. fucked up. Oh. Um, and then I have an Obstagoon named Feral Karen. That's ex- that's extremely good. Feral Karen. Feral Karen is the MVP. Honestly, when I started out, I was just naming everything like. Beppo, Scrumpy, Rara. Like, I was just naming them things that I call Mona. But then I, found, I caught a Zigzagoon, and I was like, Feral Karen, you're in the squad. Like, you're okay. here. Fantastic. But Obstagoon definitely is just like an adult creature. Yeah, just thing. an adult but, person. Yeah. And, this, okay. We've, I think we've, we've already gotten this t- temperature on this as a room, but like, all the evolutions of the starters this gen are bad, right? Like, they're worse than they were. <laughs> they're not great. The they're not one. great. I, like, uh, I kind of like the, the fire. Little... What's Sorry, that? the like... seal puppy was all right, right? Poplio that was last was gen. Yeah. Yeah. That was last yeah. gen. That's just it. Like, Poplio oh, is it technically like... another gen? Mm-hmm. Okay, no, never yeah. mind. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. So, like, gotcha, Poplio, gotcha, gotcha. I felt so 
fucking vindicated because everybody hated Papalio, and then there was right. a Papalio defense squad, and then Papalio turns into Primarina, who is awesome, and like looks great, uh, is like a fairy type slash water type that can like sing so good that it hurts people. Uh, yeah. And that was that was so good. And then this one, I was like, oh, it's the Sobble squad now. Everybody wants to rush to defend Sobble because Sobble is sad. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, actually, no. Sobble is like, no, Sobble, no. Sobble is, Sobble looks like he uh, was very sad on the internet and went to some bad Reddits, said, uh-huh. said some bad subreddits, and got taught some things that he shouldn't have, Sobble should not yeah. have found yeah. out. Some, some, some white old men were like very eager to tell him why he was sad and it Sobble turns out was radicalized yeah mm. Sobble was radicalized by the alt Sobble was definitely you know woke in the tweets but m'lady in the streets I think oh, is what happened to Sobble. and I do have to resign now so <laughs> yeah um, I am so, going to get so Sobble now and I've bad. got so I've oh I want to I just want to very quickly run through I've got my Inteleon yeah, whose name is Dave um I've got my uh big what's it called corvanite which i've named Rhea. uh nice. i have the unicorn rapidash which i've named Geralt. you know that fun bit from um the adventure zone everyone yep. loves Hell it yeah. <laughs> um yeah, horse, i've yeah. got the electric dog um which i think is better than yamper um i've named it yora i've got <laughs> todd which is a toga kiss um, and Hell I've yeah. got Carl, which is um, just a wooloo that I have currently hanging out in the bottom of my squad for no real reason. I named someone Carl as well. I, I named, uh, so Meowth in this one, it turns into suck. a... Does oh. suck. If it were just like, I thought it was just like an oval boy, which is like, this is great. I fucking love no. it. And then it turns and you're like, oh, that's just a really it's a, fucked up it's a beard. Real, yeah, it's a beard. That doesn't that even look like up. a beard. It just looks like a skin pouch. And yeah, then it, it evolves into like a little Viking man. And I caught I one of those was, and called I, it Carl. It's very good. I thought it was going to evolve into a fucked up uh-huh. Persian. It, no, um, no. But it doesn't. It's just bigger. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> with worse beard. With, with knives for hands. <laughs> what is it? Wait, yeah. wait, wait. What is what is this a is this a meowth? So meow. Yeah. I guess because of Galar and the air, um, there's a branch in the evolutionary chain. So instead wait. of turning into a Persian, it turns into something called a Perserker, which is just what? a Viking joke. That's, wow. Wait, has this happened before? Is the has the, have the variants turned into completely different evolutions instead of because it was uh, a lowland meow turned into a, lo- so. a lowland Persian, right? Yeah, no, I don't think that's happened before this generation, but there are a bunch in this generation that do that or that get new evolutions. Right, like Zigzagoon, Zigzagoon usually used to cap out at Lanoon, um, yeah. but in Galar, it can evolve into Obstagoon, which is, again, right. just a person. Yeah, or like, like um, yeah, Runerigus uh, evolves from Yamask, which already oh. existed, has a new Galar form, and then a new evolution. Yeah. Huh. Also, Cinderace. Can we talk about Cinderace? Because that's just Naruto. Yeah, it's just, it's like a Blaziken looked at Naruto and was like. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be that. Yeah, what I'm going to be that now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinderace is, yeah, uh-huh. I kind I went, of like it, but its hands are like little nubs, and it looks more are. like a Digimon than a Pokemon. I'm it, sorry. It looks, oh, they've been leaning harder and harder oh, towards the Digimon. Oh, the shorts are good, but yeah, the hands. What the fuck was that yellow Renamon? What was the one that everyone had to, wanted to have sex with? The yellow one from <laughs> season three? Oh, uh, oh, was it yeah, Renamon? Yeah, yeah. Yellow, it just looks like Renamon. Fo- Renamon, yellow fox, Digimon. Yeah, it's Renamon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That looks. Man, like... that season of Digimon was so fucking wild. 
I feel like we've talked about it on the show before, but just the Probably. idea that a child was like, I want one, drew it on a piece of paper, and then found a Digivice on the floor, and then ran <laughs> that piece of paper through the Digivice and was granted a Digimon is very good to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just like, you know, the modern retelling of Harry Potter, really. It's, it's just, just like, like Harry Potter. magic inside of us. Um, have... Have y'all sent your pocket monsters out to do um, labor yet? <laughs> I'm so, no. Yeah, I did it like once. Um, and it was like, I don't know. You just I don't know experience. why you would do it. I think it, it's, but it's not even that much. So in, there's poker jobs in Sword and Shield, which is the video games we are talking about. Because I don't know if we said Wait. that at the beginning oh, of the okay. segment. Um, you can I send thought your we were talking monsters. about Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Oh, no. <laughs> no, sorry. Steven, did you buy the wrong game? <laughs> Oh shit! This explains why. <laughs> this explains why the wild area is so difficult for yeah, me. Yeah, Agumon's not in this one. Um, so you can send your pocket monsters out to do jobs to basically just go do menial labor. I do just yeah. want to walk some of y'all through what some of the jobs are. Yesterday, I got a job from a shoe manufacturer who said we need bug Pokemon with a lot of legs so we can put the <laughs> shoes on the legs. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's it is we're making sports shoes we'd like to have bug pokemon with lots of legs to help develop them thanks um hey, you're a genetic crime uh you <laughs> yeah. should be <laughs> um vegetable this is from grocers vegetables need to be crisp and well hydrated we'd love to have some water type pokemon come and help us out okay. um some of them are, are real stretches there's a clothing brand called Jet Setter, um, and they say they need high quality, high, sorry, high quality cloth requires delicate and precise handiwork. Are there any normal type Pokemon who want to apply? <laughs> Which is normal, like, any, we any just need some children. Do you, do you have any Pokemon with like small child sized hands <laughs> that can really this... reach into the machinery for us? <laughs> oh my no. God. So, so that's all I mean... of your Mr. Mimes. This, I mean, honestly, this game does seem oh. like it's leaning into some very weird things. Yeah. About just like, well, what do you, what do we associate with England? Well, child labor. Pollution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My favorite. This is my favorite one. Sorry, it's it's for MC Insurance, an insurance company oh, here I'm in the sorry, Pokemon okay. world. I feel like I could get more contracts if I was with Pokemon that look like they've actually seen the afterlife. What? Um. Sorry, wait, what? <laughs> I hey, feel like I can get more contracts. <laughs> this Pokemon knows, like, it's seen the other side, and it knows yeah. that human spirits, like, do not persist beyond the death of the physical body. Pokemon, Pokemon do. Well, actually, no, canonically, human spirits do become ghost Pokemon. Sorry, I should say yeah. that. Um, that is true. That does happen for real in Pokemon world. It does. Yeah. It is, it is unclear. The, the space that is unknown is how long it takes between the death of your physical form to turn into a, a ghost Pokemon. Right. Because when yeah. Ash dies in the first pocket monster movie, he's still in there and it like five minutes pass. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, so or is this really like explained. a fucking, is this a Kingdom Hearts situation where Ash okay. gets brought back, but his nobody is st- oh, like, shit. Shaw is oh, still God. out there somewhere living his life thinking that he tr- he is the real boy, but he is not. And then Ash will have to fight him to the death. One is day. that why, is the fact that Ash, out what we think of as Ash, is his 
Okay, is the reason that Ash doesn't age because his heart is closed? Mm. Oh. Okay. Uh, well. I, I do also need to make a small correction before we go down that uh, thread. Uh, I did say that Ash's nobody would be called Shaw, but I forgot you do need to add an X. So an X in there. Nobody would be actually called Shax. Jesus Christ. The Destiny uh, now, I'm, and- now I'm just thinking of fucking Ash Ketchum in the... In the uh, <laughs> In the fucking grimoire story where he fucking reads The Tempest, and now I can't. Oh my god. Don't do that. I I was going to make a good joke where I did an Ash voice and read The Tempest. Then I did remember I know it's literally zero lines from The Tempest. (laughs) Ash Ketchum leading a group of literal children to victory in dodgeball with a fucking Mm -hmm. Pikachu on his shoulder is now all I want. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, this game's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's Pokemon. Pokemon. Should I get it? Should I actually get uh, it? No, I don't think so. I mean, okay. here's the thing. I don't think I would have played this if it if I weren't playing it for work. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Uh, now that I am, I'm like kind of in it. But like, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to finish the, the story and then be like, okay, I'm just going to look up what all the new ones look like and then be basically done. Um, I just, I don't know. Like it fixes a lot of quality of life things, but not all of them mm-hmm. and the things that it doesn't fix are very weird and also like a lot of it is kind of ugly like the design i've been we've been so spoiled this year by nintendo games like uh luigi's mansion and link's awakening were mm. so beautiful and like yeah. especially like the interiors of those worlds was the design was gorgeous and like we were talking about like oh let's have a best interior design category for yeah. um awards right. this year Pokemon's worlds are just so barren and lifeless. Like, you go yeah. inside someone's house, you can't interact with anything. It's like, the design is so sparse. Even a lot of the music isn't very good, and it's like... I, it's I, really... It's super strange because, like, the the houses is one of the, one of the things that, like, really caught me off guard with how kind of sterile they feel. Yeah. Because even in, like, even in past Pokemon games, even if you were in a different town they kind of felt different if you went inside of the house the type of people that were in there were different like the furniture yeah. was slightly different all of the houses in all of the towns in this game even though that even though they have radically different like uh locales like there's one that is just in a forest like it's in a fairy forest that are, is just lit up by glowing mushrooms and the insides of those houses look and feel the exact same as the ones in the main city yeah right and yeah. it's just so strange it I mean, <clears throat> there is a weird thing with this this particular Pokemon where, uh, obviously, I think, like, a lot of the, the complaints about the game are overblown and in a way that almost feels like, you know, video a backlash against, like, things in pop culture almost feels like its own culture at this point, where it's just, like, the mm-hmm. same people who are mad about Sonic looking wrong are the same people who are mad about the Epic Game Store are the same people who are mad about Pokemon not having enough triangles or whatever. Yeah. Ep- <laughs> At the same time, I do think that, like, the the backlash to the backlash is being used to kind of, like, gloss over some of the actual issues with this game, which is that, like, it's not that it's a bad game, it's just that, like, you know, a lot of people out there are saying, like, well, what did you expect? It's still a game for children at the end of the day, but uh, but at the same time, you can, and, like, even though it's going to be on Switch, it's going to be fundamentally a game for a new generation of people who are playing yeah. Pokemon or whatever, mm-hmm. but, but at the same time, like, you know, they moved it to Switch. There are things that you just kind of come to expect when you make a, you know, a leap in hardware or a leap in generation and and stuff that you know 
expectations are different. Like expectations among the new generation of kids, because they're all, it's also these kids are not going to be jumping into Pokemon having probably never have been played a game before. Yeah, they're gonna, right. gonna they're gonna be comparing it to your Fortnites or whatever the fuck people play. <laughs> uh, you, they're gonna be comparing it to a Luigi's Mansion, like Merritt pointed out, and stuff like that. There are other things that like expectations are different even among a new generation who this might be their first first Pokemon game, but it's like games are so like proliferated at this point they're everywhere everybody plays video games at this point like you don't need to like make this assumption that nobody is coming into this game like with like completely shut eyes or something like that and so when when you do see things like you know again it's it feels nitpicky because you know this the nitpicking has been used to like fuel such a weird online hate campaign but like things like the world freezing when you get on ladders and the characters doing like i have score bunny in my game uh he does double kick and the animation is just him hopping up and down twice and it looks <laughs> yeah. bad and yeah i know it just yeah and even if even if you compare it to things that like are not even of this generation there are other pokemon games where the pokemon did do the moves and that was a cool thing Pokemon Stadium was... Pokemon Stadium, which came out in 1904. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> came out 150 years ago to this day. Uh, and did that stuff on the GameCube. Or or the GameCube and the, the N64, I think the first yeah. game was. Yeah. The N64, yeah. Like, there's a certain level of promise both to the people who, you know, have stuck with these games and just, like, you know, people who are going to be coming into this and have so much to compare it to that you would kind of expect. And it's probably, there. it's a probably a very complicated situation. It is probably a situation of, like, you know, Pokemon is not a game that gets delayed, right? Like, this game mm-hmm. is probably... This was absolutely rushed out for Christmas. Yeah. Like 100%. Right. <clears throat> and yes. I, I, I mentioned it on Late Lunch. I didn't realize that this is the first time Game Freak has worked on three games at the same time. Because they they were doing this Sword and Shield, they had Let's Go and Town running through that studio at the at the same time. Oh shit! And I don't Town. think that that's a this. I don't think Game Freak is a studio that like ramps up like production staff oh, that not. dramatically because they've never needed to. Mm. No. Um. So I think all of that stuff combined with the fact that this game needed to be out before Christmas. Um. I wonder if this game gets an update in six months. Right. That is like. That is the polish part. Yeah. Or if they are like, well, okay, we got it out the door. The next one is the one. Which is, I think, just a super weird way. I don't know. I don't. But I mean, the what's, the, is- what's the turnaround cycle on, like, the, the like, re-releases now? Like, how long was it before Ultra, uh, Ultra Sun, Sun and Ultra Moon came out? That was a year. That was, that was a year. year. Difference. Okay. Uh, but the other thing, too, is, though, like... I remember thinking to myself when Pokemon Let's Go came out, like, oh, this is them getting familiar with the hardware. This is them, yeah. like, you know, preparing to lay the groundwork for the Switch version, and then right. the next one will be the real big leap forward, and it's just yeah. not. It's just another that game one of looks way better. It kind of does in a lot of spots. Um, like, Kanto is a very visually boring region because of when it was created and, like, what it is. But, like, that game looks better. Also, I... Cannot I do not understand why Game Freak can't figure out whether or not they want your Pokemon to be behind you or not. Mm. It's it is yeah. across the board. Everyone loves this feature, right? And they they can't decide whether or not they like it because well, it's right. in every other game. It's like you have models of them moving because yes. if you go to the camp, they move around. Like right. why they kick you in the dick? 
It's they wild. kick you in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, that's, here's my thing. Okay, so this basically gets down to, like, my key issue with the franchise at this point, which is you basically have, like, two divergent fan groups of this series. And there is overlap, but I, I really feel like you can categorize people into one of two groups. You have, right. like, them, and this is an oversimplification, but just stick with me. You have the more casual people who are into the worlds of the game and are into like collecting all these different creatures and like bonding with them and giving them fun nicknames and having an adventure. And right. then you have people who are interested in like the, if you don't know about this, surprisingly deep competitive aspect of the mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Which EVs and IVs and EVs and IVs and natures and um, like competitive Pokemon. If you, if you go on Pokemon showdown, it, it's really fun. And like, I'm someone who like, I don't play really the meta anymore, but I just play random battles where it just assigns you a random team. And it's just very fun because so much of it is just Yomi of like figuring out like, okay, they know that I could do this, but do I, they expect me to know that. Um, and uh, Pokemon showdown is great because you're not wasting time grinding. Right. And yeah. to me, I think, having grinding in a game with like hundreds of characters was maybe just a mistake from the beginning. Um, it kind of artificially extends the life of these games, but, and to participate in like official tournaments, you have to do it because you have to go through the process of getting the perfect team in game. But like, why? I, I don't know. And unless you're in that very, very small percentage of people who wants to do that, you're just going to play online. And so like, I wish Nintendo would be like, okay, or game freak would be like, we're releasing an online subscription service that's just stadium with rental mm-hmm. battles and right. quick animations and like you can just play with whatever you want and play around with it. You don't have to level. And then a let's go type experience that's very just like not focused on like crunch or like like stats or anything. That's very just like let's have a Pokemon adventure with your best friend. You know? Yeah. yeah. You want to break it up the way that, like, Call of Duty broke up zombies mode into its own thing on PC. Yeah. yeah. And it'll never happen in a million years. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I, will good say, an idea. I will say that um, I did find out that this game for online battles does have a rental feature. So yeah. you can basically upload your team and it gives you a code and then someone else can put in that code to use your team in a battle. So mm-hmm. it does kind of approach that, but it's still like locked into this thing of like to, to get that team online. Someone still has to like grind for it. You yeah. Know? Somebody yeah. has to do that work. Right. They haven't eliminated the need for the labor. It's just that like, they've made it easier to like have other people who don't necessarily want to do it. You know, maybe just, you know, get onto a discord server and Venmo somebody five bucks and they'll give you a code for, you know, yeah. their, their team. <laughs> there's, there's also like speak that grinding aspect is so, it, I don't know. It feels really weird, and I haven't, like, thought about a Pokemon game like this in a, like, in a minute. But, like, looking back, Game Freak has been, has done a really good job of, like, rounding off some edges and then mm-hmm. just sharpening other ones for no real reason. Yeah. The thing that I'm, the most frustrating aspect of this game for me is not, even like, the way it looks. Like, the fact that the music is kind of, like, eh, forgettable. I will say, actually, when you're in the wild area, there is one zone that has bagpipes in it, and it fucking rules. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but in the wild area, they've... In all Pokemon games, when you get a gym badge, 
it like basically artificially is gating the levels of Pokemon that you can command right. by like yeah. like usually by ten level gaps um, up until like level eighty, and then once you get to level eighty, it's like if you any Pokemon over level eighty will listen to you. That's still in here, mm-hmm. but they also have attached this thing where you can catch Pokemon, but they're five. The gap is five levels lower than the level that you can control Pokemon. So if they yeah. let, if they raise you to forty, you can catch Pokemon up to thirty-five, and it makes absolutely no sense why you would do that. There's like, no, there's no totally reason. Busted. There's no reason why you would restrict the ability to catch the Pokemon in the video game about catching Pokemon because you get out to the wild area, which is the huge open space in the middle of the map. Um, and there are Pokemon that you're like, okay, I see it in the distance, a Machoke. I'm going to go catch it. And then it's like, no, it's a very strong looking Machoke. That is a lower level than the Pokemon that you've sent out, but you can't catch it because it's level 42 and you're, you can't catch level 42 Pokemon because yeah. you you've you capped out at 40. Yeah, you need an arbitrary pip in the store yeah. to be able to do that. Why That's even so why even present that Pokemon to you in the first place? Why even let exactly. you see it? It's terrible. It's just like this weird tease. Um, and same thing with like, I don't know. Uh, this is a problem I've been having. I know other people haven't, but so maybe I'm doing something wrong. Caching Pokemon seems like a real pain in the ass in this game. Mm. Like, I, I swear that Galarian Stunfisk, which I didn't even want because it's so ugly, mm-hmm. <laughs> took like 20 Great Balls. Um, That's wild. Catching uh, a Sneasel, which like was rare, I think, so maybe the catch rate is lower, again, took forever. Like, it's just like, I know that some should be harder to catch than others, I guess, but like, I shouldn't have to get down to like a sliver of health and have them put to sleep and use like five to 10 balls on it. Like, just that's what this game is about. Just let me <laughs> catch Pokemon. Like, why yeah. are you putting these artificial barriers in place of that? Uh, also, the way that they've sorry, I'm just complaining about the wild area because it's it's such a good idea that like just mechanically they've thrown so many unnecessary things at that it just makes it not fun. They've split up where you can get the special Pokeballs into people that they've scattered around the wild area in a way that doesn't make any sense and is impossible to remember where those people are. Right. So I don't know where the guy to get the quick balls is is at, but every time I look for him, I end up finding the guy who's like, oh, you want the repeat ball? I can give you the repeat <laughs> ball. And I'm like, I don't want the repeat ball. Just give me one <laughs> ball guy me, who gives yeah. all of them. Just oh where's the God. ball guy? Yeah, where's the ball guy? How is the ball guy that lives in the gyms who is like, I have a Pokeball for a head, not the ball guy? <laughs> <laughs> I, here's kind of how this overall feels to me. is It's like, and, and this includes both like the Discord around it to a certain extent. You can tell me if I'm off base here. But like, I've put less time into this game than both of you too. But like, just hearing it be talked about and hearing like the legitimate criticism around it... Uh, Video games have, in the last, like, you know, five, ten years especially, been incredibly conservative um, in terms of, like, the amount of changes that they make. It's to bring it back to the Call of Duty thing. The Call of Duty is a franchise that everybody says, oh, it's completely the same every year. And that's not quite true, but what what's happening is they're making changes that feel very arbitrary. Like, Nikki, you said, with, like, smoothing some edges and then sharpening others. This feels like a game that was going through the process of them trying to figure out, like, okay, what are some small changes that we can make, some quality of life stuff, and they were testing that stuff, and then 
if this game had had six more months to be developed or eight more months or another year or whatever, they would have decided against some of them with more testing and said, like, actually, this this change that we did, tried doesn't work. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It doesn't make any sense that we would have the sound settings tied to a random NPC that you oh talk to God. in a town, oh which is bizarre. <laughs> Uh, but because, you know, those are the changes that they feel that they can make because, you know, it, it, they are trying to, again, it, it's a very conservative industry a lot of the time. And part of the problem that they're maybe running into is, A, it's it's the amount of time that they're given to make these games. But B, it's also, like, if you approach it from the perspective of you can only make so many changes because it has to look like a certain thing at the end of the day, uh, you're going to be butting up heads against now in the last year or two especially, I think, games are kind of breaking out of that conservative streak, even on the AAA level. We just had Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order come out, and it's like a mainline AAA Star Wars game that says Jedi right in the title, and they were like, what if we made, like, Arkham Asylum meets Sekiro? <laughs> and, <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> instead of just a, like, a very bare-bones uh, action game or whatever. And, you know, on top of that, you have a lot of, like, the, the B tier of games. So, you know, B games are kind of rising up from the bottom with a bunch of, like, European publishers and stuff like that, creating this kind of um, new spectrum of games that are willing to take more chances and do more interesting things. So a lot of the franchises, like your Call of Duties, like your Pokemon, that have refused to make huge sweeping changes or have not had the time to make huge sweeping changes, or both, like, by comparison, look way, way, way less. So, or, like, way, look way more ridiculous. Um, yeah. And... Like, we are finally, as a culture and, like, you know, as a critical culture, especially on our side of things, ready to talk about that and ready to, and, like, have the vocabulary to address those kinds of things more frequently now than we did in the past. Um, I'm blanking on what my other example of this was, too, but, like, or I think it was maybe Death Stranding was in a, in a similar boat where it was, like, um, you know that's a game that's doing a lot of weird things and I think actually succeeds a lot more than it fails, but a lot of people were ready to be mad at Hideo Kojima, right? Like, people were, like, had the critical voice and had the vocabulary to be upset about certain things that are bad about those games or whatever, And but, like, you know, Hideo Kojima got kind of a pass from, from video game critics for, you know, two decades or something like that because people weren't, like as acclimated to, uh, you know, talk shit about stuff. And now we kind of are, and that's had its, you know, ups and downs. You know, it's it's partially the online hate mob, and it's partially also people actually having legitimate problems with a thing and, and trying to find a way to describe those things without becoming part of the online hate mob, and it's just a huge mess. Yeah. It's re it is... I feel like we should maybe move on from Pocket Monsters. Yeah. It's... It is just super weird to me because, like, as you were, all of the things that you said are correct. It is just, it's super weird that Pokemon is, for all intents and purposes, a live game that lasts for a year that never gets touched. Mm. Right. True, yeah. That's not Like, thing, yeah. there's yeah. no reason why these games can't get updated along the way and then those learnings and changes don't make their way to the following game. But yeah. they get put out and then they die and then, like, no, no education feels like it happens until the next game and then there's a new completely new set right of things that you're like why and I, again uh, that's why showdown is great because like there is an, <laughs> no but there is like an no, active yeah, yeah. meta and like bands and mm -hmm. things are based on usage not on like arbitrary uh decisions but on like okay, like, we have tiers based on stats of, like, oh, like, 90% of people use this Pokemon, it's in overused. So, yeah. like, you can't use it in lower tiers. And, like, it actually, 
that is the sort of evolving live game because they do add everything as it comes out and it's like why game freak why why don't you just do this (laughs) this is the last thing i'll i'll say about it too it's just like but to provide a specific example of like a game that does exactly that but that went from the model that pokemon follows which was release a game then release the like mega version then move on to the next generation monster hunter i played a bunch of monster hunter this weekend monster hunter world does exactly Mm. this thing monster hunter made that leap from uh, we, you know, the mega version, you know, they, they released an update, but it was an update that was like a $40 add-on to the existing game. And on in the middle between those two things were a ton of live updates, new content, yeah. new monsters, new weapons, yeah. new all kinds of stuff. And again, Pokemon just feels like it is stuck in a mode of development from five years ago, 10 years ago. Niantic is doing a very good job of doing that with Pokemon Go. The way that they're it, like the way that Niantic is introducing Pokemon is kind of slow. It's a slower drip than I feel like maybe you would want, um, right. and that is because of what kind of game that is. You want everyone to be playing it when people can go outside and not when it's twelve degrees. Right. Um, but they the way that the Pokemon Go is a platform onto which the Pokemon are applied, and if you just had everyone's er pokemon game and every year you released a new region with stuff inside of it and then once you caught up then you can make new regions i don't see why they don't just (sighs) yeah it's it's such an anti-nintendo thing but yeah 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 Yeah. so we can move on let's 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 move on i want daniel i want to hear about some of the games you've been playing because i know you we're playing a game this weekend that I had started like a month ago, but I never really, mm-hmm. uh, I sort of like fell behind on and, um, I want to hear about it. Wait, uh, so I played two games this weekend. They're both small indie games. One is even smaller than the other. Are you talking about <clears throat> Mutazione? Perfect. I am. Or are you? T- okay. Awesome. Oh, so oh, chef's kiss. I, Italian. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I played more of this. I know we talked about it a tiny bit, uh, last week, but, I'm really, really into it. I'm actually, like, I'm, uh, I know a lot of folks kind of started the game and was like, oh, it's, like, good vibes uh, and all that kind of stuff. And it's, like, a very cool little 2D adventure game. The premise being you are, like, a teen girl who is going to this island of mutants. <laughs> there was, like, a, an event, like, a, a meteor crash or something, and people were mutated. Uh, and it's this, like, cool, funky island town. Uh, and you're going there to visit with your grandfather who's dying, and there's a lot of gardening. So, um, I thought it was really cool at first and then I started digging in and some of the writing really kind of got to me it kind of hit me right where I live a little bit which is I was like that I'm always I'm always down for that um it's kind of a soap opera in yeah, some ways yeah, like yeah. the way it, it treats its characters it's really wonderful actually I really dig this you're kind of walking around and you're like a teenager you're like 15 and you're like kind of a cool kid from a bigger town uh, but you're walking around and, like, getting this sense that, like, I don't really understand all this adult shit. But, obviously, you as the player do understand the adult shit. And there's one particular little fight that I wrote a little piece about it um, on the plane, actually. Uh, but, like, uh, one particular interaction really kind of got to me, which is there's two people on the island. Uh, it's, it's like, a, a couple. There's a dude named Graubert who is, like, the sea captain who <laughs> runs the only ferry that goes from the mainland to Mutazione, which is the name of the town. And his partner, Aelin, who, like, runs the spa on the island. And it's, like, a very close-knit community. You know, people are 
uh, mostly mutants. So, you know, there's like a sense of like, oh, we're all kind of outcasts and we're all in it together. And Graubert really wants to like move to the big city and be like, oh, we're going to start a new life in the big city. It's going to be so exciting. Baby, you and me, you know, it's going to be great. And she's kind of like, I don't know about this shit. Like, we belong here. She's pregnant. She's going to have the baby. Like, wants to kind of stay there. And they have this huge blow-up fight in, like, the town bar. And you don't actually see the fight. Like, it happens all kind of off-screen. And you're running around just interacting with the characters after the fact. And it feels mm-hmm. really well done and, like, really well written. Like, Robert was a giant asshole about it. But the actual core argument, like, where do we live? And, like, one partner wants to live somewhere you know, very, very different from where the other partner wants to live. Like, that's, like, such a real and heartfelt thing. And it was presented super, super well uh, in the game. I always dig that so much when, you know, the writing of a game, yes, of course, it's heightened. You're on a mutant island, right? But, like, (laughs) it's done super well in that way that, like, you don't necessarily expect this to be, oh, this is the thing that's going to hit me. Like, you go into this game thinking, like, okay, I know the premise is about, like, a uh, teen girl meeting her like dying grandfather and that's where the poignant you know stuff is going to come from and it certainly does like it does that very well as well uh but it's these little interactions these little storylines in the town that were like oh my god this is super well done so that was that was really really cool i haven't finished the game yet i'm still one of you know i'm still like i probably still have like two hours left or so i think it's like a five hour ish game uh, but I'm, I'm actually really excited to see what other little storylines yeah. play out and what happens to them. Like, I'm sitting here, like, thinking about it. Like, I want to eat some popcorn and, like, <laughs> see what happens to <laughs> Graubert and Aelin. And, like, do they figure it out or do they break up? Like, what's going to happen to them? So, do, yeah, it's it, super rad. In the game, do your, like, choices, because I've played a tiny bit of it, and you do have some dialogue choices, but it mostly seems like you're just kind of peppering the flavor of what uh, Kai says at different points. Uh, yeah, more or less. Um, you know, so I haven't gotten to the end, so I don't know if, like, oh, there's different endings or something like that. But you're also, I think it works for this because you very much are, like, a kid uh, or a teen who is, like, at the beginning of understanding a lot of this stuff. But, like, you don't, your your character doesn't really fully get it in a lot right. of ways. Like, you're just talking to people and you're like, okay, uh, sure, whatever. I'm going to go swim now. Or, like, I have my own shit to deal with. And, like, Kai's an interesting character because she has also, uh, she's already kind of dealt with death. Like, it's uh, it's alluded to uh, at the top of the game that, you know, her father has died. Uh, so she's already kind of been dealing with some shit and already kind of had to grow up a little fast in some ways. Uh, but I think it's actually, like, a really strong narrative choice to make her just be kind of like, I don't, this, you know, I, I care, and I care about you, but this isn't exactly my problem, so I'm just going right. to talk to you. Uh, which is She's cool. Like, it's a cool framing device. Yeah, yeah. I think it works really well for this. Yeah, like, uh, speaking of the peppering thing, like, one of the chief things I noticed early on in the game was that, like, yeah, like you said, one of the things that you can kind of, like, choose between in dialogue options is the idea between like, well, is she going to pretend like she knows what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, she, like she has it all together. Like <laughs> teens sometimes do like, Oh, I heard that word and I know what it means. Cause I'm cool and adult. Or is she <laughs> yep. just going to, you know, or is she going to like either maybe sometimes it's like pretend that she didn't really hear it and just kind of like, all right, I'm going to do my own thing. Or, you know, sometimes you can be a little more curious and, and, you know, interrogate that and ask questions. Uh, yeah, that- it's, kind of keep going on throughout the game it does yeah at least thus far and it's really really rad there's also ways of how you react to people it's like be compassionate or be honest you know Mm. sometimes you you have to make a choice between like which type of response rather than you know just selecting dialogue which is also nice and that feels honest to being like a teen like be honest about being confused versus be headstrong like it's it's nice in that way and kai is also like a compassionate she's not like a shithead teen right she's not like 
there's no option to like run around being an asshole to people really it's more like you know two different flavors of what this character would respond so that works i think it works really well so far nice i also played if you want to hear about the other tiny game i play this is this will be more of a teaser because uh, I just want people to play this for themselves because it's like a really cool, tiny thing. It's like a free game. It came out of a game jam. Like I, I think it was like the haunted PS1 Halloween or something, <laughs> uh, which is fucking awesome. But I also played a game called uh, No Players Online, which is basically the premise is basically like it's a haunted, unfinished, like early to mid 90s Quake clone where you're the only person in this, like, arena where clearly you're supposed to be running around shooting things, Quake-style. It has these really amazing, like, 64-bit or 32-bit skyboxes and chunky pixels and terrible gun textures and everything. And you're running around, you're running around, and it's like a capture-the-flag game with nobody else in it. So you're, like, running from one end, capturing a flag, running to the other end, but very Layers of Fear-style or PT-style you realize that these are basically loops and things will change in each loop and Mm. fucked up shit is going on. It has this very, very cool narrative. Uh, A little bit of... uh, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything. I just think it's a really, really cool thing. This is made by Paper Cookies. uh, So it's on itch.io. We wrote like a tiny, tiny little uh, teaser post on this too, but extremely cool atmosphere. And I am just such a sucker for this style of like... PS1 or early N64 uh, kind of aesthetics, but doing that with within the horror... Excuse me. Sorry. Horror is a hard thing for me to pronounce. I've already talked about this. <laughs> I was like, horror. I almost did it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's... Especially within, like, a horror context, it's so much fun to play with. I love that people are making these things. And, uh, yeah, you should go play it. It's, like, seriously a five-minute game. Or yeah, I was, I was going to say... Ten minutes, yeah. I guess, if you want to kind of, like you know really look at stuff but go ahead and look things up once you're playing it but but go in with no expectations just know that it's like a very cool little thing just for like comparison for people out there if people are familiar with like um i think it's puppet combo who does other itch games that are oh sure same style like nun massacre and uh, games like that where like they have playstation like faux playstation one style graphics those games are more video games really like those those are like more full experience i think than this but also this one is free i don't don't know if you mentioned that or not but it's it's, yeah it's a pay pay what what you you want want. so you could you could grab this for free absolutely like again it's like a game jam game so it's very short uh but so so cool what a cool idea uh and well done Uh, yeah cool um, I see, uh, Nikki, you have played, uh, some stuff, other than Pokemon. I have. Um, uh, <laughs> Mario Sonic at the 2020 slash 1964 Olympic Games. I'm sorry, this is probably not the <laughs> most one game you want to talk about, but it's the game I need to hear about. Yeah, so, please. <laughs> so, I, I have played about 30 seconds of this video game, <laughs> but I've watched... I've watched I've watched my partner Katie um she bought it on Saturday night and it's the only thing she's been playing for the last 48 hours. <laughs> so I've watched a lot of it. Um that game is as fucking buck wild as you think it is. <laughs> um there it is just Luigi running around uh with tails behind him <laughs> walking up to a chow 
in the Olympic Stadium, and the child was like, all right, time to run the 100-meter dash, and then you turn into Silver the Hedgehog, and you're racing against a shy guy and Eggman, um, and then, yeah, press A really quick to run the 100-meter dash. Um, so, yeah, that's that. There's also... Nick, so, no, Nikki, nope, Nikki, sorry, yeah. that's not that. Uh-huh. Uh, I, do need, I, I do need you to report uh, on the most important feature of this game. How are the feet? And have you seen them lately? They uh, they're good. They're good. Okay. All they're right. Good. Are are um, we? Uh, is, did did Sega hold true to its values? Do we not see Sonic's feet? Uh you do not see Sonic's feet at any point in any time <laughs> ever. I'm out. I'm um, out. the I just want to really quickly walk you all through the story premise because there is obviously a story mode to this video game. <laughs> of course. And I do want okay. So your best friends, Doctor Robotnik and Bowser um, have descended upon human, real-world mm-hmm. god, ama- our Tokyo. Um, there's, the Christian before, Tokyo. The Christian Tokyo. I'll, I'll, wrap, I'll wrap back. There is, there is a cutscene where um, Luigi, Tails, and fucking Jesus Christ. Oh, Luigi, Tails, and, and Rosalina. Jesus. And Jesus is there. <laughs> Luigi, Tails, and Rosalina are in Shibuya Crossing talking to Yoshi, who, if you're thinking about it, can't speak English, does not have the capability to speak English. And Sega's way around this is that Yoshi just says Yoshi, and then in parentheses underneath it is the line, which is just the funniest fucking Mm -hmm. thing to me. So I am Groot shit. uh, It's exactly that. Anyway, so uh, Robotnik and Bowser are in Tokyo, uh, for the Olympics, um, because I guess every other human on Earth has died um, in some sort of incident, <laughs> and they were like, "Well, we need to still have these." Um, and they've created a device to trap our heroes, Mario and Sonic, um, in a machine that is the. It's like the place. It's like not the PlayStation sixty four. But it's something like that. It's uh-huh. not a Nintendo 64, uh-huh. and it isn't a PlayStation, but it's like the Playbox 64 or something like that. Um, and then, if you can believe it, the plan goes awry, and then mm. uh, Robotnik and Bowser and Mario and Sonic <laughs> all fall into the computer machine. And then it's just like track and field for the Nintendo Entertainment System mm-hmm. in the game. Smash A a bunch. Oh, good. So, like, there's two bespoke sets of mini Wait. games. <laughs> Wait. Do you mean it looks like that? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. No, there's an 8-bit mode. There's an 8-bit mode. It's really weird, though, because Sonic and Robotnik are their 16-bit models. No. And even though Bowser and Mario have 16-bit versions of them, they use the 8-bit versions, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I, it's just, like, 8-bit... It's 8-bit Mario standing next to 16-bit Sonic, and it's just, it visually is is very disgusting to me. Very unpleasant. Um, but yeah, there's like, there's just different mini-games that are in the, in the style of a Super Nintendo or, or like an NES game, um, or like a Genesis game or whatever, and then you hop back out and play table tennis with the weird monster from Sonic Boom. Um, oh, you mean Lyric. Lyric, yeah, yeah, that's uh, the one. Um, the Snake Man, forget. yeah. The Snake Man, yeah. Uh, Katie yesterday was like, who is this? And I said, oh, it's a Sonic character. And she's like, that's nothing. That's, this is nothing <laughs> to me. Um, 
But yeah, it's fine. It's a Mario Party. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Maybe, I mean, it's a mini game collection. The the, yeah. the two the two sentences. It's a Mario Party. <laughs> and it's fine. Do not really track together uh, as English. It is. I mean, it's one of these. It's good. Yeah, um, the new Mario Party was okay. Yeah, okay. I also the game is also educational. There's like in the loading screens, it's like, did you know that Mario made his debut on the Nintendo Entertainment System? It's not that because that's wrong, <laughs> but like it's stuff like that. I, I do feel so educated this. right now. This is my favorite fucking fact. Now, did you know that there's no size restriction on a table tennis paddle? <laughs> what? Wait, what? That There's just, no size <laughs> restriction no. on the size of a table tennis paddle. Hi. Can, I'm here to play table these. tennis. I brought a cricket bat yeah. for Shot of the Dead. It can, be, it can be as big as you want it to be. There's just like an agreement right. for size and like just from the prof- at the professional level that they've agreed that the size of a tennis of a of a fucking ping pong paddle is the size of a ping pong paddle but there's no there's nothing that says that you can't bring a tennis racket size ping pong paddle for in anything the below this is incredible. true yeah this is absolute i just looked it up yeah I'm, it's yeah. fucked up oh my god um but they obviously still just do give Bowser a regular sized table tennis racket, so it does just. <laughs> so is he holding it in like two fingers? Because he no, he, uses, he somehow uses his full hands to hold the handle. Okay, the folks over at Sega have figured out how, how to do that. I feel like um, that would be like trying to hit a ping pong ball with a lollipop. Like, I yeah. feel like, that would be, like just proportionally, that does not work for me. Yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. And then I've well, also played cool. Star Wars. You Which play is, some Star Wars? Yeah, it's... Uh, we both play I don't Wars. really like Dark Souls games very much, mm. um, and this is one of those. And Kinda, as yeah. I got a little deeper into it, I realized that that was what it was, and I definitely did just knock the difficulty all the way down, and I'm having a much better time with mm. it. <laughs> it's got yeah. really good difficulty sliders. Yeah, they're uh, really the, good. The There's like four sliders, levels, yeah. four, four or five. Um, it's like story mode, Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, and something else or something like yeah. that. Um, uh, and but the, basically, but the sliders the, all show oh, yeah. you just just to say this, like just for people who know, uh, who maybe hear that it Dark Souls thing and like are turned off, like the way that it shows you the difficulty sliders in this game is it like when you pick the difficulty, it literally shows you gra- like a graph of mm-hmm. like, hey, on story mode, your parry window is going to be huge, and like the amount of damage you take is going to be like nothing, and it yeah. and then it compares that to the next level, and it's like okay, now your your parry window is a little bit shorter, you're going to take like a little bit more damage but still pretty manageable and then goes down from there until you get to like Jedi Grand Master I think is the, the top level yeah. and it's like the parry window is like you know what 10% of the bar and like all the damage is maxed out and stuff like that it's, it's yeah. a really neat way of, of uh, surfacing that information for sure um, Cal Lightsaber is the most boring Star Wars character <sighs> it, it is so like bad. he sucks so bad there's no reason why he has to suck so bad <laughs> In a yeah. story where they've got light swords and um, interstellar travel, there's no right. reason. Yep. Um, but he's just so boring. He's just like his mouth is open all the time, and he's like, uh, <laughs> "Space." 
Yeah. Um, it, it's there's wild. This... When you say that there's no reason for it, it's also not just because, like, obviously Star Wars is just a big fucking nonsense universe where you can do literally anything, and this is mm-hmm. what they came up with. But it's like, the rest of the game, the story and the characters and the side characters are really good. Like, yeah. they present this world in a really interesting way, and, like, this, the, you know, is this is Titanfall 2 developers' response. Like, like, they can do really good character work and really good, like, cinematography with, you know, different things, and they do that. Like, your, your crew, Seer and uh, Grease, I think, is the pilot that you hang out with. I think so, yeah. They're, like, both really well-rendered, really well-written, interesting characters, and even the story between you, Cal, Lightsaber, and Seer is, like, (laughs) hey, you are both people who survived, like, Order 66 and, like, were traumatized by that event and are coming together over your shared trauma, over watching all your friends die around you, and the various, you know wrinkles that went along with that as you kind of go throughout the game you kind of learn the more of their backstory and like how specifically they survived and and how bad that was and the ways that they've coped with it over time and that's really good it's just that like like you said every time cal opens his mouth or looks at the camera you just remember that oh yeah that's me that's who i'm yeah. playing that's what <laughs> yeah, i get. unfortunately the robot has more personality a hundred percent cal does which like is just <laughs> so wild um, but it's good. The The combat in that game feels really nice. There's it. There's a weight to the lightsaber combat that I think is really, really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, the lightsabers do what you want them to do, which is uh, cut people in half. <laughs> um, the game is, like, really good about not fucking around with the fact that if you walk up to the regular stormtrooper in front of you and you s- do a horizontal swipe, the guy dies. Yeah, one hit kill. He just yeah. dies because he would die. Right. Um, yeah. Now cool. that you know, the, a normal stormtrooper one hit kill. I will say that the, like the command troopers or whatever. But the way they kind of get around it too is like, oh, this is a big weird bug alien. And if you look yeah. at the bestiary, basically, it will say like, ah, they they grew up on like a hostile planet with like like very a lot of heat. So there are lightsabers everywhere. They're falling into a bronze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. It's like a paper uh, cut. <laughs> Yeah, they they built up an immunity to lightsabers by eating a little bit of lightsaber every day. Oh my god. Um, yeah, uh, but then like stormtroopers, the way they they get around some of that is like basically is the, it's Sekiro, where it'll be yeah. like, yeah, if you stab a man through the heart, he will die. But yeah. since he has a melee weapon that is like I don't know, not a vibra blade, but might as well be. Um, he has a stamina bar, and you have to break his guard to get mm-hmm. through. It's made that. of uh, that material. I feel like they basically invented yeah, some nice. shit yeah. in, like... I Probably it was invented for the books, but, like, it worked so well for Star Wars games because it was just, like, artificial, like, no. Like, right. there is, like, a metal... <laughs> there's Yeah, it's just, like, yeah, the way for them called, to like, say no. Cor- uh, Coriolis or... Yeah, or no, like there's a metal that turns lightsabers <laughs> off, and then there's also a lizard that says no to force powers. Yeah. That's just, like... And Grand Admiral Thrawn wore one all the time. It's called a... Yeah. I forget what it's called, but... Uh, oh, Yisrael Mari or something? Fucked sure, up. Mario. It's that just like, like it's, called a Mario. it's called a Mario. And, uh, <laughs> it's King I remember Koopa. He devolved and bore <laughs> it on his shoulder. <laughs> He's the goop now. But yeah, no, like, that's kind of cool because that's always the problem with Star Wars games, right? It's like, okay, you have a sword that can cut through fucking anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do? And I think prior it's to It's Mandalorian this, Iron. Oh. No, that's not what it's called. Well, I'm on ProvidentMetals.com, which is a website that uh, would all that has categories including <laughs> bullion investing. 
Cortosis. Uh, yeah, cortosis weave. That's a whole thing. Cortosis weed? Weave. Weave. Oh. Cortosis weave. Cortosis yeah. Weave. Yeah, the Jedi mind trick doesn't work when you've had a little bit of cortosis weed, let me tell you. <laughs> you just smoke that good cortosis weed. <laughs> yeah, because that's, like, um, that's in like all the Knights of the Old Republic games, too. Like That's your yeah. armor in those games. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, DuckTales, which I, I'll let Steven talk about when Steven goes, but uh, DuckTales. Yeah, Mickey. uh-huh. No, let's you do it. it. Let's do it right now. You brought it up. Other Fellow Disney... Pro- Star Wars Jedi is good. Uh, fellow <laughs> Disney property... <laughs> DuckTales. Yes. Uh, we have talked about this on the, pro- on the on the program previously. Nikki did mm-hmm. bring up how good that show is. We ha- There are many good videos that we have made as a result. However, yes. I had not previously seen it. Now that I, I subscribed to uh, Disney Plus for my parents, basically, I wanted to give them like a subscription so that they could watch stuff or whatever. They want to uh, watch Double Teamed. Yes, um, I got to watch Ducktales this weekend. Yeah, Nikki, you are not fucking lying. That show kicks it's, ass. It, like that show is so, so good. good. I watched. <laughs> you tweeted about you tweeted about how in an <gasps> early episode, uh, and then an executive producer did correct you beautifully, yes, which is more the chef kiss to me. Um, that, I was not sure scene. how to feel about that. <laughs> there's a scene that the, in one of the early episodes where kids are playing hopscotch in the crime scene outline of a dead body. <laughs> yeah, oh, they've drawn a hopscotch wow. outline a, on a chalk outline. Oh that my God. And it's a throwaway gag. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's on the screen for maybe three seconds. Because <laughs> oh, uh, so the whole idea is that they get kicked off of a bus uh, in, the, in the bad part of town. And they're like, well, how bad could it be? And then they, like, scan, and it's like, you know, there's, a, like, uh, an armed guard being carried away, like, by by bad guys. And then there's, like, two children, two badass-looking children. I think one of them has an eye patch. And yeah. they're playing hopscotch in the dead body outline. And it's incredibly good. It's really um, good. That's that's episode three, by the way, for people out there. Yeah. I thought it was the first episode because it was on, it was number one on Disney Plus. But apparently, yeah. according to the co-executive producer of Ducktales, <laughs> who did tweet at me to correct me, um, it and he is gave not you a handy episode. worksheet to, to refer did, to. Yeah, he did give me homework to do. Um, yeah, there's also um, have you have you gotten to the episode where. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the episode is just the kids playing Nerf with Nerf yes. guns. Yes, and That's that for episode. some reason, for some reason, they've decided to make Webigail, who they just call Webby, which is correct and what they should do. Mm-hmm. Um, they make her an assassin, mm-hmm. and she does double tap Louie to death. And it's very good. <laughs> So yes, oh no, Webby. God. Webby is one of the best characters on this show because, like, Webby's yeah. whole deal is that she has been growing up. She's like the the, the granddaughter of the housekeeper of like mm-hmm. McDuck Manor, and she is uh, has grown up her entire life in Scrooge's uh, mansion, like surrounded by weird cursed objects and nightmare uh, vil- supervillains and stuff like that that Scrooge has fought over the years. So she has developed a weirdly like specific set of skills where she's yeah. just uh, and. Like, has an entire room dedicated to a conspiracy wall of Scrooge McDuck's entire life. <laughs> and is just, like, this incredible badass that has zero social skills whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a lot, of the, a lot of the show is just, you know, it, it's a really kind and, like, warm and, and heartfelt show. There's not a lot yeah. of, there's, like, no punching down on the show whatsoever. Except 
for when the Beagle Boys are on screen, which does mm, is maybe the stuff yeah. that doesn't work for me that well. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, it's just like Huey, Dewey, Louie, and uh, Webby all just like hanging out together and like very much enjoying each other's company and getting into adventures. Uh, and it's very good on that front as well. Um, but yeah, there's um, a whole thing about like uh, you know Webby leaving the uh, mansion for the first time and meeting uh, a uh, a new friend. I don't I don't know. Is it a spoiler to say yeah. who that new friend is? Okay, uh-huh. I won't, I won't uh, say who it is. It, then. Okay. it goes places. Yeah, the show does have, like, a weird level of, like, lore to it, too. Like, there's, like, an ongoing yeah. mystery about, like, where their mother has disappeared to. Yes. Um, and and it also plays with... It plays with um, the entire Disney... Well, not the entire, but it plays with a lot of the Disney afternoon canon ooh. in a really interesting way. Um, yeah. And very quickly will pull stuff from the 1980s series um, and then immediately turns it on its head yeah uh by like i don't know if they're it's very good it's a very good television program i will say in the in the first episode that i saw there is like there's that shot where they show this isn't too much of a spoiler to say there's like this whole thing where they are like inside of this room that is full of all of like scrooge's cursed objects that he has put away Mm -hmm. to like keep safe from the world like this gong that if you ring it three times it summons a dragon this ghost pirate (laughs) like uh, a sword that uh what was it called like Excalibur Machina, I think is what yeah. it was called. Uh, that if, if you try to stab at somebody, um, it will never stop until it finds its target. But yep. they use it on a ghost, and the ghost oh is already God. dead, so it just keeps, like, in a loop, <laughs> oh, flying no. through the ghost over and over and over again. <laughs> like, we didn't think this through! Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, a headless horse. Um, yeah. It was the, one of the other things. Um, and uh, they're like, all oh, right, there's four of us and, and only uh, three of them. And they're all, you know, we can take them down one by one or whatever. And then they come around a corner and the ghost has grabbed the sword and is now riding the headless horse. Is like, never mind, they've teamed up. And then- <laughs> wow. Stupid. Um, yeah, but... Good. During that scene, there is, like, a ton of... You know, not that I was the biggest DuckTales fan in the world growing up or whatever, but I did have the movie on VHS, and, like, the lamp from that movie is in that mm-hmm. in, in that room, and oh, there's a bunch good. of, like, stuff. You know? It's, like, cool stuff Hell like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah that's, a uh, I've, I've only there's... gotten... <laughs> oh, Go sorry. No, there's, yeah, I just remember... So, there's also... Because it takes place in current day, they, they do play a lot with, um, like the internet oh my which god which is fun and mark beeks mark which beeks. is obviously just mark zuckerberg yes uh, owns a google equivalent oh my god and there's an episode where he stages his own kidnapping yes and then <laughs> and then and then it does go bad for him and at the end of the episode he does jump off of a building <laughs> yes as he's no, tweeting he, no, like Nikki. oh no i'm dying Nikki, oh my sit- god so well he doesn't okay so he jumps off of a, a building but he does land on a trampoline he's fine yes he's fine, uh, he's fine because oh okay because that's important the gi so, joe aspect here yes. is very <laughs> oh yeah good to know because well, it's the, this show is incredibly good at paying off its early gags that it does early on and one oh, of the good. one of the earliest gags in that episode is that he's like showing all of their like google campus perks and like the perks are like high impact trampolines and then past that is the low impact trampolines and past that <laughs> is the no impact trampolines and it's just these black <laughs> voids that people walk on top of and don't do anything. I love this. 
Um, but at the end of the episode, you, Nikki, you did leave out one important part, which is the the reason he jumps off the building is because um, th- there's a running gag throughout the episode where the, his kidnapper is uh, breaking his phones because he's trying to tweet about oh, his kidnapping. Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, this is going to be so great for my like online presence. I've, I've been kidnapped. That's going to, you know, this is going to blow up online. Um, and the guy keeps grabbing his phones and breaking them, but he has like a million backup phones. At the end of the episode, um, Huey and Dewey take his phone and tweet from his account that his face looks like a butt and other things. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they, they say, like, oh, he's like, oh, that's your grand plan? Is it, you're going to make me look like bad online or whatever? And they say, like, it's already got 100 likes. And he's like, God damn it, I can't delete that now. It's got likes on it. <laughs> and then they throw the phone off the building and he runs after it to try and tweet, uh, like, a correction to, for himself to, like, yeah. uh, fix his online persona. It's very, very good. Wow. That, I just watched that episode last night. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, people should watch that. People should watch DuckTales. I, I loved say, DuckTales as a kid, so I'm going to need to watch this. Yeah. yeah, if you have Disney Plus, you really, really should. Um, I, I don't, uh, here's the one thing I will say. Uh, they don't really... And maybe I was expecting too much from a Disney XD cartoon. Uh-huh. Uh, they really don't do much to kind of make Scrooge's whole being a trillionaire thing not weird. Uh, oh, they do in the second season. Do they? Okay. Yeah, it 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 starts to turn around in the second season. Okay. Yeah. Um, because like there, the last episode I did watch was an episode called "The Living Mummies of Tothra," where which is very good. <laughs> it's a very good episode. <laughs> the I, for the episode is tremendous. Yeah, it's it's it it, it is very good. But it, the premise of the episode is that they are going to an Egyptian tomb to steal all of the Egyptian gold to mm-hmm. further line. Uh, Scrooge's coffers, and that kind of mm-hmm. just never gets addressed. I don't. They don't end up with the gold. Like it's not like he it, he does not literally like fucking raid a foreign country's national yeah. treasures by the end of that episode. But uh, that is the premise of the episode. And they just kind of yeah. don't address it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fun. Ducktales yeah. is fun. It's 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 very very funny and very like I said very heartfelt and warm and just like you know if it has like an ongoing theme it's definitely like themes of like family and um, yeah. you know sticking together and stuff like that in you know found family versus other stuff there was like one little tiny detail that they that from very early on that's just kind of again a throwaway line that nobody really addresses uh, that I really liked which is that like ah oh, yes they are family they are. Uh, uh, Scrooge, Donald, Huey, Louie, Dewey, and Webigail. Webbe, sorry, Webby. Uh, at one point, though, they do uh, refer to Launchpad as their family, just out, like kind of out of the blue without ever establishing <laughs> yeah. that. I just like that. It's like, nobody messes yeah. with my family but me. Referring to their driver. <laughs> You're just very like, good. Yeah. Who, who critically can't drive. <laughs> no. Yep. He can do literally everything except for drive. Uh, yeah. Well, Doesn't have a driver's mm, license. Not to just keep talking about this, I will say one of my other favorite gags is the one where uh, it's in the episode where they go to like um, fake China, like Duck China, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the the setup is that like Launchpad flies them there, and uh, they're like, okay, we're gonna go on our adventure, and Launchpad's like, oh, sure, th- sounds great. Uh, while you guys do that, I've actually got my ex girlfriend is in town, and I've uh, heard she's in some trouble with some like I don't know some evil syndicates or whatever, and so I was just gonna go, and then like uh, Scrooge is like, yeah, yeah, whatever, go do whatever you do, and then Launchpad. Like looks in the camera, says like, 
I'm coming for you, BD. And then by the end of that episode, he's got, like, an eye patch and samurai uh-huh. armor and, like, is covered in arrows or whatever. Like He, like, he just, he went and did sleeping dogs while they were, <laughs> yeah. like... Oh, my God. And then, like, the wow. episode ends with... They all pile into the plane and he looks, looks like, thank you, BD, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, sorry. That's a that's yeah. our hot fifteen on Ducktales. Yeah, that's Ducktales. Uh, <laughs> the mm, the uh, the the remix of the intro, their cover of the intro, very good. It's a very good, very good. intro. So, uh, do we want to keep talking about video games? What are those? I don't yeah, know. What, what's that? Uh, I played some uh, that aren't Pokemon this weekend. Let's hear about it. Between episodes of DuckTales, you might say. Uh, Death Stranding is probably the one that uh, we have talked about the least on the show compared to yeah. what I play. Uh, I've, only, I I've only played the first, like, three hours of it. Okay, Me that's too. what I was going to ask. It was, like, how far you guys were. Yeah, I'm at the same spot. I fell off for that for, like, four days, and that four days was enough for Star Wars and Pokemon to come out. Right. And yeah. I hopped onto those. And Daniel, you still haven't played at all, right? No, but I'm starting today. Yeah. Nikki gifted me uh, while I'm here in the office with a PS4 oh. loaded with Death one Stranding. Death Stranding. So I am absolutely going to start it today, which I'm very excited about. Hell yeah! So you guys I've also been watching speedruns of it, which has been hilarious. Oh, wow! What is? What are the, <laughs> sorry, what are those like? Really interesting. So far. they're still kind of rooting it, so it's very like you know, very kind of new. Most of the time, I watch a lot of speedruns that are like, oh, you know, this is Zelda or something. You know, something that's been very well known for a very long time. So watching people just learn roots in this game. It's also the same speedrunner who I watched uh, run, like, Sekiro roots in the first week of that game. So Mm. it's a very... Distortion 2, I think, is the speedrunner. I can, like, look it up and actually tell you. But I'm pretty sure it's Distortion 2. And, yeah, it's just fascinating. It's just trying to find the fastest mode of traversal, the fastest route to cross, all that kind of stuff. Is there, like, any kind of glitches, things that have been found so far? Is it literally just people, like, brute force, like, nope, I'm just going to walk from point A to B? Yeah, it's a little bit of that. I mean, I'm sure there's glitches. Uh, I haven't paid enough attention to, like, where they are today kind of thing. I was mostly last week that I was watching, and speedruns are, you know, determined in, like, a matter of hours sometimes, or they'll find glitches within hours. So this might be out of date already. (laughs) For the most part, what I was watching him do was very much like, oh, it's faster to use this kind of mode of traversal on the motorcycle, or this is, this is, I don't even know if it's called a motorcycle. I don't know if there's, like, a Death Stranding name for it, but, (laughs) you know. They're called reverse trikes. trikes. Reverse trikes. Good. Very good. So he was using that to, like, try to find a way, like, the optimal path through a mountain, like, kind of skirting up the ridges of a mountain kind of thing, which was gotcha. it was just very cool to watch. It's cool to see this kind of stuff. I love watching speedruns because nice. they're weird and interesting. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Like, this seems like a game that is ripe for that because that's literally a game about just, like, getting from one end to the other for the most part. You know, obviously it's more yeah. complicated than that. But it feels like a game that is built for speedruns in a lot of ways. Yes, uh, absolutely. And, and boy, you can really get up the sides of some mountains and some other shit in those trikes. Those trikes, like, fucking cannot be stopped uh, by man nor nature. Uh, <laughs> if you just do, like, wheelies over rivers and stuff like that, which I definitely did this weekend when I played some Death Stranding. Yes! Uh, Good. Mostly what I want to talk about is my experience with Death Stranding. I got to Chapter 3, which is the chapter where everybody says that, that, is that that's when that game picks up. 
um, because there's kind of a hard cut between chapter one and two and three where um, you get on a boat and go to like an entirely past like an entirely new landmass or whatever and they start like that's where you unlock the like robot legs and uh trucks and roads and and uh the bola gun and a bunch of other wild stuff that kind of like uh changes how you move through that world uh quite significantly it's also where mm -hmm. they start introducing the, the mules become way more of a thing they introduce those right. in like chapter two but yeah um <clears throat> What ended up happening with me, though, is this weekend is once I was in Chapter 3, I started to... <sighs> so, one of the things that they introduce, uh, among all the other things, is the concept of premium deliveries. Um, and what premium deliveries are is basically you can get better grades and more likes, which are basically experience in this game, for giving yourself extra... Um, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, restrictions? Uh, so it's like, okay, instead of... You know, you need to have 20% damage on this thing, or less than 20% damage on this package. You need to have less than 10% damage on this thing, or something like that. And I was going through the the all these side orders in Chapter 3 on normal difficulty with these premium stuff and getting, like, S-ranked every single time. I was, and mm -hmm. barely ever having to worry about, like, you know, bola guns or, or anything. I was just running from point A to B and getting the maximum grade every time. So I was like, you know what? This game feels to me like a game that is best served by forcing you to be disempowered pretty frequently and fucking up and falling over and uh, having to worry about, like, oh, am I fighting BTs? Am I walking through Timefall? Am I, do I have to chart a course through Mule territory? Those kinds of considerations. Uh, so I decided to bump up Death Stranding to hard. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. I decided to bump up Death Stranding to hard on top of a mountain because there's a weather station that you uh, that you go through in that game, and it's like up a big hill, and it's like okay, this will be the perfect time to go into hard mode because I'm going downhill from here. Like I won't have to go up a mountain. That'll let me get acclimated to this world or whatever. And I was getting S rank on every single like premium mission here. Clearly, the, even on hard mode, it won't be that different. I walked thirty feet away from the weather station immediately got drenched in time fall and which is the the, the like acid rain the the, the time yeah. rain in this game that makes your packages uh fuck up and i was like oh no big deal i've walked through time fall before better uh, i'll just run around collecting chiralia picking up these crystals over the place uh all right it's been about two minutes i should check uh what the condition on my packages is and they were about 50 percent dead <laughs> Yay. oh no i was like oh shit i need to like pack up and get out of here right now luckily i i weaseled a truck up here onto this weather station onto this mountain uh now this was my plan all along i'll just load everything up into the truck uh get into that go down you know i'll bounce around a whole bunch but i'll be fine because i'm in a truck and nothing will get damaged and the truck can take it uh i drove that truck about uh mm, you know another 30 50 feet or whatever instantly got attacked by bts go the ghosts they sucked my truck into like black oil into the ground uh my truck blows up and i was like oh shit i like start pulling myself out of the truck, carrying, like, my most important gear, only the, you know, raw materials and stuff were what I had in the truck. Um, but up to that point, because it had been so easy and I'd never had to really worry about BTs, I actually had no fucking idea how to deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you do a... Did you cause a, a void thing? No. So, I... <sighs> I, so what happens is the, the kind of the rhythm of getting attacked by BTs in this game is uh, they will grab you and then you have to like hold R2 and L2 to steady yourself. Then struggle, then steady yourself, then struggle, then steady yourself. I fucking did not know that rhythm at all. Immediately just fell on my fucking ass. And because 
uh, was on a mountain, all of my cargo just immediately starts spilling fucking down like a new <laughs> river. <laughs> um, everything is gone. The VTs are all over me. I do manage to get away from them uh, for about mm, five seconds before another one grabs me. And I do get like, when, when they do get you and, and you fall over in this game... Uh, you get, like, dragged away, like, a hundred yards by, like, an invisible force, and then a mini-boss spawns, and you have to, like, either fight that mini-boss or run away. Uh, and I did just barely manage to get away from the mini-boss, who was, like, this big, giant, like, kraken whale thing that was, like, trying to attack me. But uh, there was enough rocks, because I was on a hill, uh, there was enough, like, solid ground to kind of leapfrog between that I was just able to get out of the, uh, out of the fight. And... Uh, Narrowly avoided a, uh, a void out, which I still have not seen in this game. I'm kind of tempted to just let it happen. I know, yeah. Uh, okay, so I... for context, for people who don't know, um, uh, basically, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, but yeah. in Death Stranding, uh, there is a disease that when people die, they turn into ghosts. And when people turn into <laughs> ghosts, the ghosts try to eat people, and uh-huh. when they eat people, they uh, they explode. They cause, like, a nuclear explosion. And uh, so in that game, so you can't die because you have magical powers that let you come back to life when you die um, for some reason. But repatriate, Merit, please. You're a repatriate. Guns of the repatriates. Guns of the repatriates. (laughs) But, and also, like, when you're fighting BTs, like Steven said, uh, usually what happens is they, like, drag you away, and then there's, like, a mini-boss. But... If you lose to that mini boss, you do get eaten and it does cause a big explosion and that is permanently like you can wipe out parts of the map. And yeah. if you're Oops. close to a city wow. or something, they try to drag you away from it as like a game design thing so that you don't fuck up the game. I'm pretty sure you can like wipe out structures and things by yeah. causing a void out next to them. Because th- there, there are definitely certain structures in this game that are almost entirely just for side missions that that I think would like wouldn't interrupt the critical path of this game like you know Conan if you kill Conan O'Brien in Death Stranding I, I <laughs> still play. um but yeah I I've so far narrowly avoided uh that stuff um but I did get down off the mountain in hard mode uh and I was just like okay I'm as I acclimate to hard mode now I'm just going to fucking like stick to some easy routes down here and just on these, you know, roads and things like that and just kind of try and get used to it again. You know, try, try and get used to the new state of things, the new status quo. And so I played the game like that for maybe like two or three hours, which I got to say, like, Death Stranding is extremely good at just like, okay, I finished a package delivery and then a robot voice is like, well done, Sam. There's another order for you. Would you like to take it with you on your next route? And I was like, yeah, I would, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to keep playing for another 45 minutes? It's only 2 a.m., but it's a Saturday, you know? Like, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so I did end up playing this game until 3 a.m. in the morning on Sunday. Um, so that did happen. And then again till 1 o'clock last night. But uh, that, that aside, uh, so I continued to do a bunch of, like, normal side missions and stuff like that. Down off the ridge, away from the timefall, away from the BTs. You eventually unlock the ability to, uh, you unlock, because I talked to the weather station, I can now track the timefall, um, and it will show me, like, where the timefall will be, uh, between now and 30 minutes from now, so you can kind of plan your routes, uh, according to time as well. Uh, and that's neat. Um, 
even then though, even down there on the on the ground in the kind of the main zone, it's still pretty hard. Those mules don't fuck around. They will once you get into chapter three, previously to that, it's like you fought maybe like two or three mules at a time. There are parts of this game now, mules are like the kind of like humanoid enemies, by the way, uh, that throw these like electrospheres at you, um, and try to stab you. At parts of this game in chapter three, there's like 10 or 12 of them and they're running up on you like a f in fucking trucks and just dumping dudes out next to you yes. uh and it's like it's bracing it's thrilling it's like honestly kind of wild to see all this stuff kind of happen and i had a bunch of a bunch of misadventures with that like trying to escape from them riding a trike uh and it's like i can make that jump over that ravine i'm, <laughs> I'm sure i can uh turns out no i couldn't and crashed into the bottom and you're in if in this game your your uh trike or whatever uh gets to zero health it just instantly explodes there's like no it's like no you don't get a second to repair it or anything like that and anything you had on it is fucked uh so the this continued for a little while, and uh, as I got acclimated or whatever, and I was just like, "Man, this is uh, such a pain in the ass." You know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to dump a ton of resources. Dump I'm going to get a bunch of metal, a bunch of ceramic, and a bunch of chiralium, and I'm going to put it into these auto pavers, the, the these like uh, machines that create roads in the world that everybody playing on your server, basically in your instance of the game, um, can contribute to. And mine was like, you know, about halfway full from other people already doing it or whatever. The one nearest to me anyway was that way. And it's like, all right, my new goal that I'm setting for myself is I'm going to fill this thing up before I go to bed tonight. And I'm like looking around. It's like, I need like a thousand metal. I need like a 500 Kyrelium, which is not easy to get, except in the Timefall areas, because, you know, the, it's created by the ghosts. These weird crystals are created by the ghosts. So I start heading back up to, uh, you know, this is like five hours after the, the truck incident, um, and I crawl back into that general vicinity looking for Kyrelium and see that my, even five hours later, my truck is destroyed, but it's still there. And so are all the materials that I loaded into the back. And so while I can't actually um, drive it out of there, I could sneak past that army of ghosts and just go get 600 metal or something like that and carry it back down the mountain. And so I did that. I went on this weird sort of Metal Gear Solid Five stealth mission <laughs> up a mountain into ghost territory to drag all this stuff away. Uh... And it, sure enough, it worked. Like, I was, I very nearly got killed a million times. It was the first time that I had ever seen uh, BB, your your baby, who's like your radar that detects the ghosts in this world, uh, has like kind of an endurance bar. And if you're around ghosts for too long, it will go into autotoxemia uh, and won't allow you to detect ghosts anymore uh, until you go back and rest at a home base. But I managed to get in and out there um, and got everything. And so I'm walking out of this army of ghosts with a six-story tall, like, just pile of garbage on my back. <laughs> and a baby who hates me. And fucking everything is broken. My legs, uh, my, my robot legs are literally falling apart. My shoes have disintegrated. But I make it all the way back to that auto paver. And I fucking dumped all those materials in and built it. And I was like, there we go. All right. Time to go to bed. Uh, <laughs> and it's like but in this in this world or whatever um it was this weird bittersweet victory because in this world um all those things can be destroyed over time the time fall you know in the world can can destroy it in real time so it's like I, as i built the thing i was like 
I have to be okay. I, I was like talking myself into out of it or whatever. It's like, should I put this in? I put in so much work. I put in like fucking 10 hours today trying to build this goddamn road. Should I save those materials and put it in tomorrow morning to make sure that the road is there when I wake up? Right. Or do I pump them in now, get that good, good like dopamine reaction of watching <laughs> that road get built? And then, but also maybe I wake up in the morning and it's all gone and it was all for naught. Like, what do I do? I did decide to put it in there and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be okay with the sense that even if I don't get any use out of this road, somebody will. And the game is really good about making it so that when you, um, when other people use roads that you've built or bridges that you've built or ladders that you've built or whatever, every time you log in or rest in the game, uh, it will show you a list of all the people and all the PlayStation IDs or whatever of people who have used your stuff and like gives you like kind of a tangible notification that says like, yeah, the thing that you did was not for nothing. I mean, it's all for nothing because it's a video game and we're all hurtling towards our own end and wasting our time. But <laughs> I did wake up and it was there and I continued to, to ride that road uh, into the next day on my motorcycle and it was, it was a good time. That was like, that was the first moment in Death Stranding so far that I felt like, I get it. I get exactly every element of this that they are going for. The whole community aspect, the whole like... Uh, creating a world that you can move around in more easily over time, the excitement of escaping the horrible nightmares and, and dealing with the mules and, and all this stuff. Like, all of the mechanics really clicked for me finally after I kicked it up to hard. But uh, So I was very excited about that. That was kind of my weekend, basically. So. You were Dwight D. Eisenhower for the weekend, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was me. Uh, you've, you've nailed it. Uh, so, but yeah, I think that's probably it for, for video game stuff. Do we for want video maybe... games. Do you want to hit some news? Th th read some new stuff really, really, really quickly. And Lightning then news. Lightning news. We have about two minutes. Lightning okay. news. <laughs> <laughs> lightning. If we just keep listening, lightning news for two minutes. Uh, Stadia came out today. It's a disaster. No Shocker. Surprise. Yep. That's whatever. <laughs> I don't know what even to say about that. There's nothing to say about it, even if we did have time. John Carmack left uh, Oculus VR to go make robots or something. He's going to kill us all Good. with the singularity. Cool. Yeah, I, <laughs> VR seems like a thing these days. Bethesda bought up the human head devs, who were the makers. I, I put this one here because I know you love Prey, uh, Danielle. It was the original Prey. This is, yeah, but it, you know it's tied to that same legacy. So uh, yeah. the people who made that that original Prey um, left Bethesda or left Human Head Studios. I think it's shut down, but now they are working on a new studio at Bethesda. Even though they just put out a game called Rune Two. Um, it's weird. And yeah, the, the mechanics of this one were pretty weird, but I, yeah. I, as I understood it, it's like, oh, that studio, basically, they have jobs, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, I'm glad when people have jobs. Yeah, that's true. Agree. <laughs> uh, speaking of people with jobs, Bioware is still around. Uh, and <laughs> oh, good. Uh, and they're rebuilding Anthem uh, from the ground Le Legitimate up. shocker to me. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think, yeah, I think we've talked about on this podcast before that it seemed incredibly unlikely that that was the case. Yeah. But according to Kotaku, they have talked with multiple sources within Bioware that they are, but that both the Edmonton studio and the Austin studio, is that the yeah. two, are, are continuing to work on what they are calling internally uh, uh, no, or, uh, Anthem Next and Anthem 2.0 or something along it's those a lines. Terrible name. Well, I don't think that, I think that's just a reference to No Man's Sky. Next. Oh, also a terrible like, code name. Okay. Call it well, like, that's... call it like, I don't know, tr tree. <laughs> Instead of anthem, call it ballad. There you go. See, uh -huh. there it is. 
Inside Xbox. Was it Inside Xbox? It was some some Xbox thing happening yeah, where they showed off. It was Xo twenty nineteen. You know, video games are all coming to Game Pass. Is basically what they wanted you to know. It's yeah. a good deal. Yeah, you know, it's not bad. It it, it is nice. You can get Outer Worlds yeah. on there for free. New Obsidian game, Grounded. Oh, Obsidian oh yeah, game. It's like a survival game called Grounded, first person survival game where it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You're in a sandbox, sort yeah. of. Yeah. It's that, backyard. It's, it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and that one episode of the Magic School Bus. Oh yeah, <laughs> but also Fortnite because you're like. But also Fortnite. It's magic yeah. School Bus. <laughs> it's a magic time. <laughs> the Magic School Bus woo is cursed. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, they also announced uh, Tell Me Why, which is the new game from Toadnut Studios. That's probably a bigger Tell topic to talk why? about in the future. <laughs> I love that episode, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's so why? fucking good. Uh, I'm going to hold... We had an email this week, but I'm going to hold that on for next week so that we can get out of here. So, yeah. well, just a reminder that people can go to podcast at fanbyte.com to send questions and comments uh, if they do want to have them read on the show. And we will do our best to answer them if they're not uh, terrible. Um, <laughs> you can follow you well first before you follow anybody you should actually moseying on over to itunes spotify pandora wherever it is we put this podcast give us a rating and a review uh whatever you, you want you know it could be whatever you what five kind of stars you, though oh. yep. five uh, of them Yep, uh, my, my backup crew is telling me that you should do five stars, but I'm not going to tell you what you should do. I'm, I'm, with your life, you can lead it however you want. Um, but with five, with star, five stars. Live yeah. a five-star life. Give <laughs> us five stars on the podcast. Bang. And if you do so, that does help a whole ton. And then once you're done with that, you can also follow the website uh, at Fanbyte Media on Twitter. Uh, where can people follow you, Merritt? Where can they follow me? Yeah. Like, in the street, you know? Like, where, where can they, like, you know, hide in bushes? <laughs> On the Twitters? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm at Mary Kay. All right. How about you, Nikki? I'm at Godzilla, G-O-D-S-E-W-A. Fantastic. And Danielle? At Danielle R-I. And you can follow me on Twitter at, at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. This has been FanWith for uh, November 18th. 2019. Thank you all for listening. I love you. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Illy. Bye. Bye. Bye.